Hey, Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and I'm delighted because I think I've finally, after multiple years possibly even, uh, of being frustrated by what happens with my headset, figured, well, not figured it out, I never figure anything out, but I I figured out, here's what I figure out. I figure out how to look up the problem because I'm not going to figure anything out on my own. If I if I go into a computer and start fooling around with settings and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to ruin something. So I, I'll deal with a problem for a very long time. Occasionally when it pops up, Googling it to try and figure out what it is. But you know you have to phrase things very specifically. But anyway, an issue that I've had for a very long time now uh, is that I will start recording like I, I will like just now when I started, Hey, Phantomaniacs, and I look at, uh, my audacity and see that my levels are low. And I'm like, what is this? And I go into my recording devices. I click on my headset. And for some reason, the input volume has been reduced to 79, exactly 79. And I don't know why it does it. Sometimes I unplug the headset, but I've I've played around with that, and that doesn't seem to affect it. Uh, and, and I just haven't been able to figure it out. And sometimes I remember to go in and make sure it's high, and sometimes I don't. And and I just it just now occurred to me as I was fixing this problem that probably sometimes during interviews when I'm like, why am I so quiet? It's because that level has been lowered, and I didn't notice it uh, because I, I don't have a real time. Uh, output when I'm recording an interview over Skype, so I don't see those levels, uh, or at least I don't I don't see them in the way that Audacity provides them. They're not as noticeable. Uh, but anyway, I finally figured out the right combination of words in Google to take me to a page to tell me what the friggin' problem is, and it's that there's a setting under recording device or under the recording not not under general recording devices, but under the specific recording device that says allow applications to control this device exclusively. And I turned that off, and it makes sense, because I I don't know which application is reducing the volume, but whether it's Skype or... Well, it's probably Skype, because Skype does a lot of... Insidious is too strong a word, but Skype does a lot of annoying crap. Uh, So I I wonder if that's it. That seems to be it. Uh, It makes sense that that's it, and I'm just going to have to keep an eye on it and see. So there you go. Now you get to enjoy my my wonderful voice at its fully intended volume level. So today, Mike Gordon is joining us on the Needless Things podcast. We're having a very Gordon Christmas, which I love that title, even though it's not entirely accurate because we're just sharing thoughts about the, the holiday season uh, more than anything. So it's not really a very Gordon Christmas. It's a very Gordon and Phantom Christmas or in Dave Christmas, whatever you want to say. Uh, but I just, I, I like that title so much that I'm sticking with it. But Mike came on to talk about Christmas stuff and what we enjoy doing. And, uh, we have a great conversation. You're going to enjoy it. But before we get to that, 
it is time to discuss this week's uh, holiday phantoms holiday charity pick and i mentioned it the first week that i did this with the amazon or actually i believe that that might have been last week but anyway the wounded warrior project which is something that i discovered a few years ago and i believe in very very strongly and, and is what i have set up to receive my donations from smile.amazon.com uh, Wounded Warrior Project serves veterans and service members who incurred a physical or mental injury, illness, or wound coincident to their military service on or after September 11, 2001, and their families. On that date, America watched in horror as approximately 3,000 people died, including hundreds of firefighters and rescue workers. Many warriors note a sense of duty to volunteer for the military following these tragic events. September 11th also served as a stimulus for Operations Iraqi Freedom, Enduring Freedom, and New Dawn. Operation Iraqi Freedom refers to military operations in Iraq that began March 19th, 2003, and officially ended August 31st, 2010. Uh, and it goes on to describe the, the conflicts in the Middle East, and without getting into politics, uh, because for the most part we don't do that here, uh, the bottom line is that hundreds of our country's brave young men and women got sent into a conflict that they didn't understand uh, and didn't ask for, but felt the need to serve their country. And when they were done, our government failed them utterly. Uh, our The way that our government takes care of our veterans is disgusting. It, it, I could go on and on about it, but we use them up and throw them in the street is really not too strong language for it. So the Wounded Warrior Project is a charity that helps people that were hurt the most by the war. And I, I don't believe there are any people that uh, make it through unscathed, but people who actually uh, suffered severe physical or mental trauma, Wounded Warrior Project is looking to take care of them. And like any other charity, they need our help. So you can go to woundedwarriorproject.org. Uh, you can check them out. You can look into what they do. Uh, like I said, you can do like I do, set them up on your smile.amazon.com account. Uh, but just take a look at it, see what they do, see what they do out in the community. Uh, you can straight up make a donation. If you have time uh, to give, that is great. There, there are all kinds of different opportunities to be had there. But this is something that that's important to me because it's it's all about people sacrificing uh, their their time and their lives for something that you know they they believe in, even if they don't quite understand why. And that that's that's powerful. So uh, go check out woundedwarriorproject.org. It is another. Uh, big, big time phantom approved charity for the holidays. And speaking of the holidays, I wanted to do something. I, I wanted to acknowledge, uh, the other big holiday for this time of year. And that is Hanukkah. It started on the 12th just a couple of days ago as I'm recording this and it ends next Wednesday. And, uh, I, you know, growing up, I had a couple of Jewish friends and, you know, as a kid and I'm sure any, uh, any non-Jewish kid can relate to you the story of how, you know, the eight, eight presents. What? 
Like they, they, their holiday is so much better because they get eight presents across eight nights and they get to celebrate for eight long nights and it's amazing. Wow. We, we only get the one. And, uh, you know, just feeling that and not, not one, not comprehending the story at all. But, uh, I just, I've always, liked the idea of Hanukkah and the story itself. And I'm not going to relate the whole thing here, but it, it's, it's a good story too. Like I, I really love, it's funny because the, that story speaks to me as much as the Jesus story does. I love the idea of surviving. Uh, and, 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 you know, whatever you may think of religion or spirituality or whatever, the stories there are good stories that even if you take them as just that even if you take them as pure fiction there they are good life lessons there's great stuff to be taken away from from all religions uh but anyway i I just wanted to say happy hanukkah to everyone not just our jewish friends and that i i hope your your feast of lights is fantastic this year uh all right so with that intro in the bag, I hope everybody has gotten all their holiday stuff taken care of. I mean, we're we're closing in on the home stretch here, people. If your plans aren't in place, then you're going to have to come up with some zany last-minute holiday stuff uh, to make it happen. But I hope you've gotten out and done something. Uh, we, we have had a few family events. Uh, we're... We're just we're we're on track right now. Everything's cool. We've got the trees up. We got the lights out. I've got a brand new Christmas flag. If you're following Phantom Troublemaker on Instagram, you saw my incredible Christmas flag uh, with candy canes and red and green stripes. It's beautiful. I love it. And uh, so holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate this time of year. I hope you've gotten into it. I hope you've had some fun. Uh, I hope you've listened to the Purple Stuff podcast. I'm going to put that over because they are a bastion of holiday goodness over there. And now you get to listen to the Needless Things podcast as I talk to our good friend, Mike Gordon, about Christmas. Gordon, you're a wise man, one that I often look to for guidance and knowledge. Why is it the only time your computer needs updating is when you've got a podcast scheduled? Well, you know, it is the uh, the, the the Murphy's Law of podcasting. It truly yes. is. Uh, it is uh, Skype asked me for updates as well and uh that oh man well i intentionally left my computer on from earlier today and we watched force awakens and then i came back here 
and uh, you know moved the mouse so it would wake up or whatever it does. And it said, just a moment while Windows updates. I'm like, you're not allowed to do that when you're active. That's not fair. I, I tried to prepare this time. It's basically saying, excuse me, I'm busy. I'll be with you in a minute. I'm right. doing something. I'm like, no, computer, you don't get to do that because I'm it's a not, uh, You know, the... Uh, you don't, you don't the, run us yet. The machines are, are slowly taking over. Ugh. So how's it going, man? It's going fine. What are you doing Christmassy? What's been happening? Christmassy. Well, you know, how can you escape it? Um, do? Uh, I I like this time you, of year. If you do want to, you really shouldn't have agreed to do this episode. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> hey, Mike, want to do a Christmas episode? Yeah. Damn it. Why did I say that? Uh, I'm that desperate for attention. <laughs> um, Aren't we all? No, um, no I, you know, I... I I like this time of year. It's it's um, it, it's difficult because of there's so much um, stress that goes along with this time of year. Like like usually around October, you know, the Halloween season. I think you and I both like just love that. It's it's amazing that that's coming off of an like a huge uh, time for us because it's you know post dragon con which in and of itself is a whole thing uh, yeah. and then and then you know you sort of after october you sort of lean into november which i always love it's my birthday month uh, i i like thanksgiving so and i love i'm a big fan of fall autumn seeing the leaves change the seasons change and all that kind of stuff so the november's great time too and then you've got december that's just like bam uh, used to hit me Really, literally, like a like like a snowball in the face because you know I I'm from Massachusetts, so it was always like boom, cold, oh, right. bitter, bitter, bitter cold, um, and uh, you know doing all sorts of Christmas. It's still difficult for me to fully embrace the Christmas spirit without snow. Now we get, as we saw last weekend, we get a little bit, you know, here in Georgia. Well, that was crazy early though. Like December yeah. snow here is unusual. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever seen that in the twenty some years I've lived here. I it, don't know if I've ever seen that. It has, and I can't remember if it was here or it was with my family in Wilmington. I have seen snow on Christmas Day once in my lifetime. Wow. Uh, but I, I can't. I it's it probably was in Wilmington, and obviously it must have been when I was younger because I I don't uh, like pre 12 years old probably sure but uh it it has happened once and you know what i'm almost positive now that i'm now that i'm actually talking about it and thinking about it as opposed to just one of those random straight thoughts that goes through your head sure uh i think it wasn't my grandparents because i think i was up really really early as, as kids tend to be on christmas day and i saw it coming down in the backyard and i think i actually went outside by myself for a minute in it like i'm it's crystallizing as I'm sitting here thinking about it, which is why I do this whole podcast website thing. <laughs> That's seriously part of the reason I started it all was to, to like, you know, the more you write, the more you draw from your memories and stuff. Right. And it You're makes doing you this to, to remember think, stuff. Yeah. It makes you think about your experiences. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking, you know, I think the, the, the one reason that I love Instagram probably more than uh, any of the other social media options uh, or things that I participate in. Is because it's mostly apolitical? 
No. Well, there's that. But um, but because I, I use it to help me remember things. Like I can go back and go, oh, look at last year. Look yes. at all the stuff I did. Like you can like, you can scroll through your whole year. Yes. Pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, granted, I'm not as anal as like, oh, here's everything I had for lunch for the last year or dinner <laughs> right, or whatever. Right. But, but I can like, I can capture all these events, things that I went to. Um, whereas, you know, I mean, I'm getting older, so it it was it's starting to fade a little bit. So it's nice to have pictures because I I can I'm thinking about you know things that of my past where I don't have any pictures of you know, and I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. man, I. I I wish I had pictures of that, you know, so well, I could post it on Throwback Thursday. People, right, exactly. <laughs> people, you know, talk about oh, this, you know, this generation, these people growing up with the internet, their whole lives are they're going to be documented now. And I'm like, fuck, man, I I look back at my life and I wish I had a, a document of all the stuff that I've done or pictures of all the important events or or whatever. I mean, there's so many things that. Like just now, with it snowing on Christmas Day, uh, you know, I, I would have a picture of that, or at least maybe a date or a frame of reference somewhere to help me recall it more definitely and more clearly. Now it's just kind of a, I'm pretty sure that happened, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, absolutely. So um, that's what, I, you know, I, I like sharing pictures anyway. Um, so that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an amateur photographer. I have an amateur, you know, phone, uh, camera. Sure. Uh, I'd like to, I'd love to, you know, go, um, and be more serious about it, but uh, let's face it, that requires effort and, uh, <laughs> and damn it. Effort is hard. <laughs> oh man. Oh yes. It gets even harder. Like, yeah, it just, yeah, that just gets even harder as you get older. So, um, <laughs> Uh, so no, I, so yeah, I think, um, uh, that Instagram I would say is, is my favorite and that's why I usually, I post Instagram first and let it filter to all the others yeah. and then, you know, I mean, but I will say also Facebook is cool because it, it allows me to keep, you know, connections with all sorts of friends, family, you know, I feel like in a lot of ways I have. Well, yeah, more friends than I've ever had, and 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 I can call them friends because I I interact with them on a on a daily basis, and that makes the the holidays a little bit more special as well. Things like my birthday, obviously, because you get like you know three four hundred emails saying or you know messages saying happy birthday and all that. So it 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 tra- it, it continues on. Um, polit- politics aside. It's kind of interesting this time of year, you know, everybody's got their own thing, but it's kind of cool to see what, what that, what everybody's doing. Well, and that's part of the fun of it too, because to me, like, you know, I, I like having, uh, events, landmarks, traditions to celebrate the holidays. And now it's easier than ever to find new cool stuff that maybe you wouldn't have known about before. Because you see what all of your friends are doing and what their friends are doing. And, like, it's it's so much easier now to, like, hey, there's this cool thing going on over here. Or there's a new album out or whatever. Which, granted, before you actually went to the record store and talked to people, which was kind of nice. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it, it is. It's, it's a good way to sort of catalog ways to 
to get more invested or to, to maybe have more fun. I, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think I might be, you know, obviously it's like, man, look at all the stuff that's happening and all the stuff I want to buy. So, yeah, my wallet maybe not appreciate all that. <laughs> now, I I want to talk about specifically a couple of different topics that are holiday related uh but we'll we'll just kind of converse and see what we end up discussing. I wanted to talk about things that are sort of traditions for you, whether it's certain songs or albums or movies or whatever, just things that that we, you know, pull out of the drawer to celebrate the season and just have for years and years. Uh, maybe some things that you've discovered recently and recently could be anywhere from, you know, yesterday to, to five years ago to maybe even 10 years ago. Now that I'm thinking about it, cause Mike Gordon, 2007 was 10 years ago, but in my head, that's still recent. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, and then just, you know, a little bit of music movies, the, the stuff that, that you and I enjoy, and uh, maybe we'll we'll find some new things, and maybe the listeners will hear about some new things too. And actually, I, I want to start with a, a important holiday tip for you and for all of the listeners, uh, and that is this. And I put it up on Facebook, so if anybody's following me over there, you've already you may have already seen it, depending on how Facebook's analytics treat me in your feed. Uh, if you have the Xfinity X1 remote, that's the one that you can talk into. Uh, you want to pick up that remote, press the little microphone button, and say Yule Dogs, and just sit back and enjoy. I will have to do that. It is it is a delightful holiday treat. I've actually got it on right now in the background, and it is making me deliriously happy. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so what what's something, uh, movie, song, whatever, what's something that you need to sort of bring on the holidays yeah there's there's certain things that uh you know uh obviously a lot of things are different than when i was a kid but there's certain things that like i've mentioned before like it still feels weird not to have snow around christmas right so well, you know what the, you, um, you said that actually i i meant to address that when you said it um I, you know and, even for me who has i've spent my entire life in the south the first 5 years of my life were in north carolina and the rest has been here in georgia uh and even that being the case that we just don't get snow here really i i feel that too because it's just cuz it's been ingrained in yeah. your like in the pop culture well, like you, you must have snow at christmas yeah you watch all the holiday specials uh you know, you listen to Winter Wonderland and Let It Snow and White Christmas and, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's just, even though in all likelihood a proportionally smaller part of the population of the world experiences snow at Christmas time, and I just threw that out there, I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but humans tend to be closer to warmer climates. Uh, that That's worth investigating. One of our one of our listeners who's more into research than I am, look that up. But uh, it is. I mean, snow at, at Christmas time, and and Santa comes from the North Pole. That's just it's it's intrinsic to it. So even though I've I've experienced it maybe once, I feel that too. Probably yeah, not as strongly as you do, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have personal experience, you know, with right, gr- right. growing up in it, and and the first time I was away from home, away from Massachusetts for the holidays. 
uh, away from my family was when I moved to Orlando. And I can remember I was uh, on Christmas Day. I was driving to a aunt's house. Uh, I lived in Orlando. She lived in uh, Tampa City, St. Pete area. And I was, uh, I, they had invited me for Christmas dinner. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll drive down there. And I'm driving there with the air conditioning on, blazing sun. And I just was like, I, I can't. This is, this is so wrong. Oh. I can't, and I can't do this. Um, so, um, so I moved a little bit more north after that and, uh, um, didn't make it quite all the way up to, uh, shoveling, uh, snow weather. But, um, so, uh, yeah, so that feels weird, but you know, there are still things that I feel like I have to do. Like if I want to get in the Christmas spirit or, you know, Michelle and I have, have little traditions that we do. Um, and, um, you know, as far as, you know, I, I guess easily to start with the Christmas specials, right? There's, there's all these specials, the Rankin Bass specials, et cetera, et cetera, that air traditionally, annually, every year. Yeah. Um, we do make it a point to, to watch. You know, even though I've seen it, you know, 40 times probably, uh, is uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. And you, uh, you, say, you say 40 times because you were already 10 years old when it started airing. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, Mike Gordon. I, yeah. I'm not as old as the special, <laughs> but uh, not enough, by just only a little, though. Um, so there, I'll give maybe 10 years that I, like, maybe 10 times I get like, oh, I, I, didn't see it this year for some reason but um man they, they uh, aired it on november 30th this year yeah well they usually air it like before and then they air it closer like i think it'll oh, air they? closer yeah i think sometimes they'll like they like abc kind of throws it in a couple times we have the dvds now so uh, you know, yeah it doesn't matter as much so. as it used to but yeah we we just happened to catch it when it played on the 30th and i was like what is this what is what is happening why now well not only is it be, is it a tr- Christmas tradition with us, the Charlie Brown Christmas special is the finale of the Peanuts slash Charlie Brown trilogy that we watch every year. Yes. So we have to watch the the Halloween one. We have to watch Thanksgiving, and boom, we have to watch you know Christmas. And those are the only three that uh, with any sort of consistency that we watch. I've seen we've seen others here and there, but those three are exceptional standout. They they're must watches for us. Well, they're they're the best, and and they're also the ones that aren't like they're not like the feature length movies, and you know they're they're very yeah. digestible, right? They're, and yeah, they're short, and you know they're 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 there's just something about it that there's a nostalgia factor, obviously, because I've been watching it for over forty years, and <laughs> uh, uh, so there's that part element to it. But also, I think you know, I think every time we watch it, we you see something new like they they do hold up or we have a different angle on it due to whatever you know has been happening so uh i think uh the 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 charlie brown special in particular charlie brown christmas is is one of our favorites because of that um the other ones that uh we are musts are are uh, rudolph uh rudolph is a must for us and uh is that it actually I think those are the only two that are like we have to watch those every year. Rudolph and uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, absolutely. Rudolph, and then the uh, I can't ever remember which is which. There's the Santa Claus one. There's Santa Claus is coming to town. Yep. But then there's the one that tells the crazy like origin of Santa Claus. Yeah. With like all the wood elves and it's like the really sort of out there. 
Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen those as often. I think it's the Legend of Santa Claus, maybe something like that. That one we we really like, and I can't say we watch it every year, but we keep an eye out for it. And uh, you know, we haven't bought any of these because it sort of feels like cheating. <laughs> no, I understand that. We you know we we do watch it. Um, we watch them broadcast by choice like first, but if we happen to miss them, then we'll throw in the DVDs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to. Um, I'll tell you the ones that I miss that I'm sure if, if I were more proficient with looking for things online, I would, could find them no problem. But the Claymation Christmas special, the one with the California raisins, huh. I would love to see that again. And, and that, you know, that hit in my sweet spot. That was late eighties, uh, when I was, still soaking stuff in and like all of my pop culture tastes were formed. Uh, so that one, I, I loved it. You know, the couple years that it aired and, uh, the Garfield Christmas special, which doesn't seem to ever really get replayed, which I would. And, and I feel like we're probably going to hit some conflict here. I would say is actually a better special than the Charlie Brown one. I, you know what? I don't know that I've ever seen it, so I, I can't speak to whether or not it is as as good. But uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. it I, I love it, and it's. I think it's a shame that Garfield, uh, and, and granted, overall Garfield is not as uh, powerful a property as as Peanuts in any way, shape, or form. Although you know they've had the Garfield live action movies, there there have been TV shows. More on than off, but the, for some reason that special just doesn't seem to get the airplay. Uh, and then the Muppets, John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas Together. That special, you know, yes. when, when you talked about the first year that you were away from the snow, I remember because I, I had to order a copy. Uh, I, I'm going to call it an import. If if we can if we can travel back in time to the days of Earth Station Who. When we would refer to having to to watch difficult to find episodes or stories of Doctor Who, and <laughs> right. I would call them imports. I had to order an import of the Muppet Christmas special because this year I, I really, really wanted Phantom Junior to see it, and uh, we got a hold of it. And it, man, the memories just came flooding back because we've had the album. Obviously, we listen to that every year. Yep. Yep. But the special has never been released in any form on like VHS, DVD, anything like that. Uh, Why do you think that is? Have I, you done I, any like research on that? I, I or? haven't really looked into it because it's one of those things where it's either going to be uh, Henson just didn't want to do it, or it's going to be because of the John Denver music. They had some licensing issues, or what you know, like Batman sixty six yeah. or something like yeah. that. Right? Uh, you know, the fact that it was the Muppets and John Denver, and they're singing. You know, Christmas songs that may or may not have rights involved. Uh, I don't know, but and it's wonderful. And I actually had the memory of the the year, and I don't know what year it was, but I remember the first year that they didn't show it. I cried uh, because I, one of my old when I was a kid, I would get. Now we weren't TV Guide people. Uh, my dad was not going to shell out for TV Guide, but every Sunday. <laughs> When the Sunday paper, you got the TV listings or, or te television catalog or whatever the knockoff name was. 
Yep, yep. And I pulled that thing out of the Sunday paper every single week, and I would plan out, like I would look and see what was coming on, and the last week of De- whatever it was, it was the last week of December. And I think I already knew they weren't going to show it, but I was hoping like maybe they would, it would for some reason come on after Christmas and it wasn't in there. Uh, and I remember sitting there with that, that newspaper insert and, and just crying because it wasn't there. Uh, because I, I, the Muppets were so big to me when I was a kid and well, and still are to a certain extent, but that that was heartbreaking, man. And that will that will always be my—I don't know that it's my favorite, but certainly my touchstone Christmas special. Now you were you were uh, you were definitely older than I was when that started. You were probably in that sweet pop culture age too, because I think it came on in seventy-eight or seventy-nine, maybe. Yeah, I remember it. It, uh, it, yeah, that it was a, it was a big deal. I and but yeah, I think I never really thought about you know how difficult it was to watch it again because I like you, I just listened to it. I mean that John Denver's and the Muppet Christmas album is is as classic as it gets. Yes, and well, and that's the thing is like so many versions of Christmas songs, uh, like Twelve Days of Christmas. That's the first version I think of. Period. Uh, with Miss Piggy's five gold rings, but um, bum bum. Yes. Uh, but but most of the songs that they do on that, it's at least the second or third version that pops into your head when you think of the song. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, yeah that album is has been omnipresent for years, but the special itself has not been, and I think that's a shame. I think Disney needs to do something about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what, uh, yeah, I don't know why Disney lawyers can't get on that and fix that and straighten that out because it seems like, uh, they're cap- more than capable of doing that. So those are, those are some of our Christmas, our television Christmas specials. I will mention, um, you know, one that, uh, I think I say recent, it's probably, Ooh, I don't know, like 20, it's, it's, it's more than 10 years old now, probably. Uh, oh, it's 95. I'm just looking it up now. Okay. So, um, but you mentioned, you mentioned like Garfield and whatnot. So I guess I have to mention that I can't say I watch it every year, but I, I, if I think about it, I will put in my tick DVD and watch the tick love Santa. Uh, that oh, episode yeah. of the tick is, is, uh, one of my favorite tick episodes. And, uh, it, it's, I love that, that series so much, that animated series. And, that one, uh, that one's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I will put in an effort and, and pop that one in as well. That's a great call and one that I hadn't even thought of. And we we've got the the tick DVDs that they released, minus the two or three episodes that they had some kind of licensing issues with. Right, right. That I still don't understand because I don't yeah. understand those things ever. <laughs> yeah, they have Fox lawyers, and I yeah yeah so right. Maybe right. maybe soon maybe soon that'll be under the umbrella of Disney as well. So who knows? Yeah, right. uh, but. Yeah, Disney, <laughs> any, will, Disney will make the tick happen. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so that one is one that I, I probably – and that's really the only – like I know there's a lot of other good ones out there, and we catch a few here and there, but none with with any regularity other than like Rudolph and Charlie Brown are the two – like they're they're the big ones. They Everything else is just kind of like, okay, well, we'll see what we're in the mood for. 
Yeah, and that's I love like how the Grinch stole Christmas. I love it. Oh yes, and yes. you know TV. But you know what? I do too. And and I and and we do watch that one a lot. But I don't know if that one is maybe that's when I was thinking of what there's a third one, and for some reason I couldn't remember because because that one might be uh, that one's up there. But uh, I don't know that it's that we've watched it as religiously as the others. Well, that one is one that has a certain tone to it that I'm not always in the mood for. Uh, and it's, if it's on and we feel like watching it, we'll watch it, but I don't necessarily go out of my way for it. And I love yeah. it. And I respect the heck out of it. And me and, too. And it's just wonderful to look at. I mean, Chuck Jones, what, what more do you need to say? Right. But yeah, it, for some reason it, it doesn't, it doesn't pierce my top five. Probably. Uh, I'll tell you one that's a recent, occurrence that is now, I guess this will be the third year that it'll be part of my regular viewing. Uh, and I guess it counts as net as a uh, TV because apparently stuff on Netflix counts as television. And that's a very Murray Christmas. I, I still haven't watched that. I heard oh, mixed things about it. It's, it actually is a little moody. It's something that I have to be drinking and it's gotta be like one or two in the morning <laughs> for me to sit down and watch. But it is wonderful. It's very, it's a little weird. It's a little somber, but it's also really happy. It's got some incredibly goofy comedy, but it's also got some really powerful songs. It's, it's a little bit everything. It's, it's a very Murray Christmas. It's hmm. like every emotion you think of when you think of Bill Murray is <laughs> in there. Okay. It's, I, I highly recommend it for like a late night. Uh, when, when you're happy, it's Christmas time, but maybe, maybe you're kind of in a, in a little bit of a lull. It, it'll, even though it, it has a bit of a somber tone at times, it'll lift you up. And then as soon as you're done watching that, you watch Scrooged. <laughs> Which I still have not seen. Oh, Mike Gordon. Apparently I called the wrong person for this episode. Well, that's uh, and this is so strange because it's um, Christmas Carol is one of my is one of my favorite stories of all time. Okay, now wait before we get any further. Obviously, your favorite version is not Scrooged. What is your favorite interpretation of a Christmas Carol? The Alistair Sim. Oh, Uh, you you and the missus agree on that one. Yeah, the Alistair Sim one, man, is uh, so powerful. It's uh, I don't know if it's the first one I saw, but man, it's. It's so powerful. And I've watched other versions of it through the years. Uh, I try to make it a point to watch one, like a different version, something that I haven't seen before. Um, uh, the Patrick Stewart one-man show or uh, that he did. And then later on, he I think they did a full production of it. That was pretty good. Um, there's, uh, oh, a bunch of others. The Mickey's Christmas Carol is great. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol is fantastic. That, that one um, is my favorite because Michael Caine is so good. Yes. And is one of the best, uh, human interacting with puppets actors we have seen. Him and Charles Grodin, I think, are the tops. <laughs> it's, I'm just sorry. I just had to laugh there because I, I don't think uh, Charles Grodin gets mentioned as being at the top of anything very often. No, so. no, he doesn't. But, man, go back and watch The Great Muppet Caper. and I like that movie. That's one of my favorite Muppet movies. My gosh, he is incredible. That movie is the reason that he's one of those guys that like I love as an actor, even though I don't really have much justification for it. 
just because he's so damn good in that movie. Like he, he takes the Muppets very seriously. There is no tongue in cheek whatsoever with him. And Michael Caine plays it the same way uh, in Muppet Christmas Carol. And, and I love it. I love that. But yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol is my favorite version of that. The Alistair Sim one is great because it's almost like a horror movie. Yeah. Well, another version that I like a lot is the Magoo, Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that one. one. I'm not a huge fan of Mr. Magoo, but that is a very well done version oh man that one is that actually that one's got some powerful imagery in it i can remember um the first time i saw it uh the scene where you know where uh the ghost of christmas future takes him and the uh they're going through like the all the the poor people or whatever are going through scrooge's stuff after he's passed and uh they're all laughing about him and and going through his stuff and i just remember that being like for some reason, in any of the movies or other versions I'd seen, like that didn't really hit me right. until I was watching the Magoo uh, version. And that particular scene, I was like, wow, when you're dead, people are going to go through your stuff like, <laughs> and talk about you. And I'm like, that's like, whoa, that, you know, that's 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 pretty intense. And like, you that, immediately really... called your buddy to tell him to clear your browser history. <laughs> <laughs> that should be. That should be any, like, just, that should be a common courtesy now. Like, <laughs> that shouldn't should. even be uh, a thing where you have to actually ask someone to do. That right, should just right. be, just like a, your, your best friend throws your, like, bachelor party before you get married. Like, that, it's just, if you have a best friend, they know to do that, like, once you pass. <laughs> Let's go in and take care of this. <laughs> exactly. That should just be something that's done. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that one's pretty good. Um, I think there's a there's one that's like um um goodness gracious there's one that was done a, like a big production that was done in the 70s with um uh, oh man it's just it, it's right there uh, Oh I think I know Do- what you're talking about because in, I think he was, I- in, he was in Doctor Strange Love he was in Patton um George C the, Scott that's him yes that's and he did like a they did a big production with him as Scrooge. I've still never seen that one. So that's one that I definitely want to see as well. But yes, I you know there was I think I got around that time period when Scrooge came out, I think I was not in a place where I wanted to see uh that done. Like I didn't want to see it. I thought it was going to be, you know, cuz I I there was a lot of like 80s movies that came out that that were not good featuring a lot of Saturday Night Live like former yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I and I you know and I know a lot of people do like that. Like a lot of people love Three Amigos, not a fan of that. Oh no people, Mike Gordon. A lot of what? people like like spies like me. Spies not like a fan us? of that. Yeah, spies like us. Oh you're not hurting my heart. No, no, I'm sorry, but it's just like not like so I was just, you know, hitting all this stuff and I was kinda like, well, I'm just gonna stay away from like I'm surprised that I like Ghostbusters because I was like, okay, this works for me. But um, every other thing that I'd seen with uh, SNL cast members at the time, I just, I just wasn't feeling. It's funny so, that that to me, and and I will say this, I love uh, Three Amigos and Spies Like Us, but Scrooged is nothing like those. Uh, <laughs> it 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 is very dark and very. Uh, edgy, and I I don't use edgy in the way that we use it in modern times. I mean edgy for like the eighties, edgy. 
Like, it's a weird, dark story. Uh, and it is still a comedy, but it's, I, I recommend you give it a shot. It is not like the goofy stuff. And it's funny that you're mentioning what I consider the, the like golden tier of Saturday Night Live movies. And, <laughs> and, and then when you get into stuff like Coneheads and It's Pat and like the real Drek of Saturday Night Live. Oh yes, yes. Well, by that time, I was just like, yeah, I moved on. Man, but, there's there's you know, a whole I mean, there's a whole other episode right there. Saturday Night Live movies. I mean, my generation started off, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm a little bit older, so my, yeah. gen, you know, I started off, and I, you know, it was it was Animal House and Blues right, Brothers. Right. And, well, you started and off. So, you you knew the original cast, right? So it was it was you know that kind of stuff, and then you know the other the yeah, I guess the not ready for primetime players were the ones that I I was more familiar with. So then, but Bill Murray was still there. I mean, I still really appreciated him and his humor. But yeah, so anyway, that's one that um, I, I definitely want to uh, uh, see at some point. And it's on the list, but and may, it might even be this year because I'm already looking at uh, different uh, you know versions of a Christmas Carol that I can watch this year. Um, if, one if movie you that, like Buster Poindexter and Carol Kane. <laughs> you must. Uh, one movie that uh, Michelle and I have to watch, and she introduced this to me actually, even though I'm more of a classic movies person. She, it, she, her tradition every year was to watch White Christmas. So, um, so now we do every year, or we have for the last whatever it's been twenty years, uh, we watch that every year, and um, that that's a it's a great movie, and uh, I love it. Uh, I tried to get her one year. We tried to substitute um, Holiday Inn. For White Christmas because that's the original movie where that song White Christmas comes from. Oh, I didn't know. And that. and it's uh, but it's, whoo, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there's some stuff with uh, you know, Bing Crosby and blackface and doing all Ooh. sorts of stuff. And it's yeah, it's it's not a Christmas movie. It re- it really is like a holidays all year round. Okay. And uh, and there's some you know controversial stuff in there too. So it doesn't hold up as near as well. And the chemistry's not there, uh, I think, as much as in White Christmas. But uh, no, White Christmas is a, is one we enjoy too. So that's probably the only movie that uh, we watch together uh, every year. I, I actually watched that for the first time last year, just because I was look because that I I am not. We've talked about this before. Uh, as I was sort of growing up and, and developing my taste in movies and, and whatever, uh, I leaned towards science fiction, comedy, action, adventure, that kind of stuff, and and more classical, you know, musicals, dramas, things like that. I I just never bothered with. I've I've only recently started giving certain things like that a chance. And White Christmas, and actually for the listeners, Scrooge, White Christmas. Lots of versions of A Christmas Carol uh, are on Netflix right now. You, you can uh, Very Merry Christmas is on Netflix. Like you can you can go on there, and they've actually got a holiday section with tons oh, yeah. of stuff in there. But uh, yeah, I watched it for the first time. And I was just like, oh, this is really nice. Hi, this <laughs> is this is just a nice movie. <laughs> uh, uh, st- uh, sticking with the the movie theme. I want to talk about one that I tend to get some interesting reactions from when I when I talk about how I feel about it, 
And uh, after this conversation, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if you say you'd never even seen it. Oh, boy. Uh, a Christmas Story. Oh, we watch Christmas Story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not uncommon for us to, on Christmas Day, have TBS on. Because uh, they, they air it, like, all day. When I was a youngster, I liked A Christmas Story quite a bit. And at some point, I hit that. Uh, that saturation level where it was just enough. <laughs> and there, there are a few other movies that that's happened with. And I, some of them I've come back around on, but like there, I, I went through a phase where I watched clockwork orange too much and I don't care to ever see it again at this point. And I'm sure at some point I'm going to go through another Kubrick thing and really want to see it. But like, you know how you just are like, Oh, I watched that movie one too many times. Yeah. I haven't gotten there with Christmas Story, although there's sometimes where I'm I like I I don't need to watch it start to finish, right? Like I don't need to watch the the whole thing start to finish uninterrupted. I don't need to do that anymore. It's not like leave me alone. Christmas Story's on. Um, it's more like you know it's you know a lot of times we've had it on in the background. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm just I'm at the point where I hate that kid's face. <laughs> and I, I am positive at some point I'll want to come back around and watch it again. But we did record, and I haven't watched it yet, but they did a live performance of it last Sunday. Oh, with the uh, the Fox thing. Did that already air? Uh, yeah, I think it came on this past Sunday. Gotcha, because, yeah, we, we, we weren't sure if we wanted to watch it or not. So I guess, uh, uh, well, I mean, obviously we could... It's probably on demand or whatever, but uh, yeah, we we we. I guess we opted not to. I just I like live attempts at things. Sure, no, uh, I get that. Like I really loved the Thirty Rock live episodes. Um, I you know I I just like the idea of all right, we got to get this right because that's kind of how I operate. Like I don't <laughs> I I can't imagine doing something like being a stand up or being a theatrical actor because I couldn't do the same thing over and over again like rehearsing or, or even just performing multiple times. I like being in the moment and that's what, when they're doing that, that's what they have to be. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how that goes down and especially having to deal with, you know, sets and everything else. Uh, Cause that, that movie has a lot of sets in it. So I'm yeah. curious to see, you know, how they handle all that. Not curious enough to have watched it yet, apparently, <laughs> but curious <laughs> well, enough to have recorded it. I my my understanding is that they were adapting or they're they're performing the musical, which uh, there was a musical made of the movie uh, not too oh, long ago. Oh, see, I so, didn't even know that. I thought it was just I, they were I, just doing the movie. No, I think so. I not I could be wrong about that, but uh, huh? Well, I'll uh, find so, out and I'll let you know. Yeah, um, but um, and I and I enjoy that stuff too, particularly when it's ones that I I sort of you know I do like uh, a lot of theatrical productions. So if they do one like they did one of Peter Pan, I think last year or the year before, and I was totally into that because I I've been in that play and it just it's brought back a lot of memories and I know what it takes to put it on. So you, it's nice to see it from the other side, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Christmas Vacation? Christmas Vacation is all right. I, I I it's not a must see for me. Like I said, the I I can't think of any other movies that are must-sees for me. I mean, obviously, I, I don't mind throwing in a Shane Black movie, right? Because all his are, are Christmas-themed. So uh, whether it's Die Hard or uh, most recently Nice Guys, 
uh, or any of the ones in between. Like Iron those Man, are Iron Man three. Iron Man three. That would probably be not my first choice, but uh, <laughs> well, it wouldn't be my first choice, but uh, it's definitely on the list. Like I'll. Sure. What once I get through the actual like movies with Christmas themes and I'm looking for like okay, I got to reach here. <laughs> then, I think the only one that he did that wasn't Christmas themed, if I am I being mistaken, is uh, like his version of Predator or whatever, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, no. We we have yet to experience the Predator Christmas movie. Yeah, right. We still need yeah. it. It still needs to happen. Oh, let me actually, you know what? This is something I wanted to bring up that I forgot to put in my notes here. Uh, it, I hate it. And yet at the same time, I totally understand it that we don't have a Star Trek Christmas thing. Well, we kind of do. Um, in one of my least favorite Star Trek movies, um, which is, uh, Generations, uh, we do have a moment where Picard goes into the Nexus and right, has right. experiences that Christmas scene with his family. Uh, that's the, but, but Star Trek made it a point to try to shy away from too much religion. Yes. Uh, so. Well, except it, for, except for the fifth movie. Well, right. Um, <laughs> but even that's debatable, right? So, yeah, yeah. um. But yeah, so they tried to sh- shy away from that. Um, yeah, because it really worked well in the fifth movie, um, <laughs> and uh, and in the original series episode that it basically ripped the idea off from. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not surprised by that. But yeah, um, I mean, and you know, uh, how could they top? You know, their the the Star Wars holiday special. So you Gosh. to have a Star Trek holiday special just seemed would you know it just wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't add up. Man, let's let's take a little sideline there because i watched that damn thing in its entirety oh you poor man the other night that is torture there's a reason that george won't they won't release it and he's right look yeah absolutely i am normally a put it out if you can make money on it make money on it but that fucker needs to be burned uh (laughs) along with the et cartridges we were yeah or anything ET. Uh, we were we were having just sort of a late night hangout and looking for anything Christmassy, and it's up on YouTube. The full thing. It's pretty decent quality. I mean, visually, not, <laughs> not in any other way. Right. And man, it is a horrible nightmare. Everything. The first you get the opening scene with Han and Chewie that seems almost kind of promising. And then they go into like 15 straight minutes of nobody speaking anything but Wookiee. And it's so off-putting. And then they have the little uh, lumpy Chewbacca's son, who is canon, by the way, both old canon and new canon. Uh, they have lumpy watching this weird alien circus full of perverts. And it's just horrible. There's nothing good about it at all. The only thing Harvey Corman is like, <laughs> The only redeeming thing about that, even the mighty B. Arthur sucks in this thing. It it is the debut of Boba Fett, but even that is awful and and off spec. Like it's clearly the early, early, early design of Boba Fett before they even knew what the character might be. True, but I do remember at the time I did it 
that did make an impression with oh me. yeah yeah like, at the time like I, I could yeah I remember when, watching that and and when, I was thinking Boba Fett I mean that was our first inkling that Boba Fett was cool when like I was in, a in, dumb kid I thought that was awesome <laughs> I didn't think the whole special was awesome but no I no did I think didn't either that, but I remember the animation and that, actually that that animation is what stuck with me yes. for years and years I didn't remember anything else about it right uh, but now having watched the animation it's horrible. Well, yeah, it is just bottom of the barrel. I, I can't. It's it's unfathomable to me. And granted, at the time, the Star Wars: A New Hope was it. That's all we had. George Lucas, you know, I'm sure was to a certain extent powerful in Hollywood, but this thing was rushed into production, uh, yeah. and and he certainly did not have the control that he would have even ten years later. Uh and I think it just kind of happened, and and yeah, it's it's hot garbage. I I don't I don't want to do a commentary on it. I don't recommend anybody watch it, not even for like humor value because there is none. It's just torture. But even after uh, even after my son passed out, which was maybe ten minutes into, I think he I think he fell asleep before the Wookiee scene was even over. That's you know what that's a that's a mercy sleep. Yeah, right oh, there. absolutely. He fell he fell asleep out of disgust, <laughs> and and uh, I was like, I am going to sit here and watch this whole thing just so I can speak on it with authority. You know, I don't want to be one of those people who's heard it's bad and talks about how bad it is. I, in general, I hate that kind of person. But I was like, I, if, if this is really that terrible, I want to be able to speak about it with personal experience. And damn it, now I can. And it wasn't worth it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So there's no, you know, maybe, uh, like you said, Star Trek tended to want to stay away from, from spirituality and, and that it's sort wrong. of thing. Uh, but, yeah, maybe that also was a little extra motivation. You know, when, when Next Generation came along and started dealing with a little broader subject matter sometimes. Maybe they kind of looked to that and were like, you know, maybe science fiction and Christmas don't necessarily mix that well. <laughs> Let's stay away from that. Uh, but Christmas Vacation, to, to get back to where we started on, on this one, uh, I love it. It's a yearly watch for me. Uh, I love Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo. Uh, I don't necessarily love the vacation movies as a franchise, because there's some horrible ones in there, so I don't hold it up as some kind of uh, you know gold standard of comedy or anything like that. But Christmas Vacation just hits all the right notes. But I will warn the listeners, uh, and I found this out this year as we were getting ready to start watching it, it is not appropriate for those who are still infused with the magic of Santa Claus. Uh, I've said this every single year on the show, and I'll say it again here. We do not we do not discuss the nature of Santa Claus on the Needless Things podcast, uh, and and Christmas Vacation not appropriate for everyone. And I'll leave it there. Gotcha. But uh, but I, I will watch it by myself later on, and I will love it. Yeah, I'm. Great. I must admit, I think in in so many ways that uh, the whole Randy Quaid thing has kind of tainted that movie for me a little bit. Uh, I'm just just not a fan. I well, and that's the thing is like, it, I can take him. That him in Christmas Vacation is exactly as much Randy Quaid as I can tolerate. Uh, I can't watch Independence Day. Because right. I just I, I can't I can't even I can't stay I I. I 
don't care for him at all. But I feel that he's cast so well in Christmas Vacation and that they treat his character in the way that he should be treated. Like, Clark can't stand him. And granted, at the end of the movie, his heart grows three sizes and Cousin Eddie's welcome to the family. You know, whatever. That's That's Clark, though. That's not... You know, Cousin Eddie at the end of the movie is still kidnapping Clark's boss. He's still a, a terrible, horrible person. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, I, and I totally understand that. Not even want to look, wanting to look at his face any more than I want to look at the kid from uh, Christmas Story. So, having talked about TV and movies a little bit, I am sure that there's some music on your list. Now, now what do you do? For me... As soon as it's midnight on Thanksgiving Day, or, or the midnight after Thanksgiving, I guess you'd say, uh, it is time to start listening to nothing but Christmas music for me. How do you handle your Christmas music listening, or do you? No, I, well, I do have a Christmas playlist that I've accumulated over the years, uh, full of uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, uh, apparently according to my iTunes, it's 2.8 days that would take me to listen to it all straight. Um, but, um, I, I, I listen to it here and there and, but it's another thing that I, I, that we have on in the background, uh, like Christmas weekend, that kind of thing while we're doing stuff. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll pop it in. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm not as, uh, you know, like I'll listen to other things, uh, throughout the course of the month as well, but uh, no, I, I dig I dig me some Christmas tunes. There's uh, there's so much to to uh, there's so much in there. Obviously, um, it, it's hard to pick out my very favorite, but I will say I have to say that one thing that's become a tradition with us recently. Uh, two years ago, I saw uh, we went and saw Brian Setzer's. Uh, the O'Brien Setzer Orchestra do their Christmas tour. Oh, you son of a bitch. And completely blew us away. We just both loved it so much. Um, I mean, I like rockabilly and all that anyway, and it was just it was just perfect. Uh, I know he's been doing it for a while now, and I'd had a couple of his Christmas do, albums. Do you know how long he's been doing it, Mike Gordon? Oh, no, tell me. His first Don't Christmas album came out in 2002. Uh, okay. I don't know that I became aware of it until around 2004, 2005. Yeah, I think that's probably me about 10 years. But has he been touring like well, that as long? <laughs> I know that the first time I was aware of him touring was in 2005. Unfortunately for me, I had just started my new job. And the night that he was playing was I had to train the next day and I didn't want to yeah, I don't want to take any chances with my brand new job. In the 12 years since then, Mike Gordon, <laughs> I have been working every single... Now, I don't know that he's come here every one of those 12 years, but every single time he has come to Atlanta, I have been working, including this most recent show, and I'm going to lose my damn mind if I don't get to see this guy live. Yeah, it's... um. We, we saw it, like I said, we went and saw it uh, two years ago. And fell in love with it. Uh, when they when the tickets go on sale, usually it's around July, August. Uh, they go pretty fast, actually. And, yeah. Um, and so, uh, but we made sure I made sure to get them last year. 
Uh, unfortunately, I had to leave town last year, so I was up in Massachusetts when he came by last year, but Michelle went. Uh, so, um, so she got to enjoy the show this year. I wasn't going to make sure that I was, uh, they're not going to miss him again. So, uh, so I saw him for the second time, uh, in three years and she's, this is her third consecutive and I don't think we're going to stop. I think it's something that now has become a tradition. As long as Brian comes to Atlanta, we are, we are going to see that show. And, um, two years ago when I saw it, it was probably 75% Christmas tunes. Mm-hmm. But he was touring an album. He had just come out with Rock and Rudolph. Yeah. Um, so that's that might have been part of it as well. This past time when we saw him uh, last week, at, last week, uh, it was about I'd say it was more fifty fifty. Oh, really? Now, see, I yeah. I was under the impression that that in December he was doing just Christmas shows. No, no. He, I mean, oh, there, he okay. throws a lot of Christmas in there. Um, a lot of Christmas in there. But it's not just solely Christmas. That makes uh, me feel a little bit better about not having <laughs> experienced it yet. Um, it's still very awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, no I, doubt. I would love to see him tour out without Christmas, uh, any songs, sure. uh, any Christmas material. Sure. So I, I would see him that. But, uh, yeah, I do know that there's a, I think, well, at least one uh, DVD of it out there that he did a couple years ago. So, um, you know, uh, that's not a bad thing to have playing around the house. Uh, but, uh, it's a great show. So he has he has become like the Christmas guy. Like as far as, you know, um when I think of musicians now and it's really amazing how much he's kind of owned that. It's so weird because you know, I was thinking about it and I'm like here's a guy who with the Stray Cats, you know, brought rockabilly into the 80s. Um, and then in the late nineties, early two thousands, he, he brings big band back in a way. And now he's like this Christmas guy. And it's just like, this is, he's just amazing. Cause he's able to pull it all off. And, uh, the show, it just looks like everybody up there is having a blast. Uh, sounds great. Uh, he looks younger every year, which is annoying. Um, yeah, I actually, cause I did, uh, PBS played, it might be the same content that's on the DVD, but a few years ago, PBS played one of his shows in its entirety. Yeah. And, uh, I watched it and I was like, how does this guy look like this? <laughs> because he's so energetic, so enthusiastic. And I guess if, if you're happy and you love what you're doing, that probably, uh, you know, you probably do look healthier and younger, you know? Yeah, well, that's what, the, that's what they say. I would like to experience that. I know. I can't tell you from personal experience, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely love the, all, all of those Brian Setzer albums and Rock and Rudolph is still kind of growing on me, uh, just cause it's the more recent one. Sure, sure. But, uh, the, is it, is that the one with, uh, Jack Frost on it? Uh, that is got, um, well, it's got Yabba Dabba Yuletide, which I love. Yes, which I, I thought I was going to hate. Sure, you'd think, oh, what are you doing? What right. are you doing? But and it's then wonderful. it's like, why is this perfect? Right, right. <laughs> How do you think of this exactly? <laughs> exactly. Um, um, no, I don't see uh Okay, that, that must be on the one before it. That That's the song. Right now, out of the sets or stuff, that's that's the song that's stuck in my head at the moment. Is uh, Little gotcha. Jack Frost. Uh there, there are a couple of, well, there, as far as traditional stuff goes, uh, Willie Nelson's Christmas album is one 
that I love. Uh, Pretty Paper is kind of his signature song. And that one, it's a little more somber, but, but I just adore that song. And I found it uh, kind of a, along similar lines as Brian Setzer Orchestra. Uh, Reverend Horton Heat put out a Christmas album. I'm thinking 2012 maybe called We Three Kings that I don't really ever hear anybody talk about. I just happened across it in Best Buy, but he's it's mostly standards and like one original song that I didn't realize. It's so good, I didn't realize it was original until I looked at the credits. Uh, I, I thought it was just another standard that I just maybe hadn't heard before, which actually is the same thing that I thought for years about uh mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you uh-huh. i would have sworn that was just some motown motown song that she was covering because to me and i know a lot of people hate that song uh to me that's like a perfect modern christmas song and i say modern knowing full well it came out in the 90s but whatever sure, sure. no i get it it's it, it's fine yeah i got you it, it's it's just so perfect for for what it is uh and the horton heat song's the same way but his uh, Horton Heat does a great pretty paper. Um, the, uh, it's it's just interesting different versions, and I can I, I kind of think that's where I'm at now. Is I really look for takes that are good but different because you can only hear White Christmas sung the so, same way so many times, you know. Right. Well, it's there's a you know it, like anything with nostalgia. There's a push pull, right? There's there's ones where you're like, I can't imagine anybody but Bing Crosby singing that song. Like right. it's like every time someone else sings it, it's like eh, it just doesn't sound right. Well, and you that's, know? The, like, that's the standard. You know what? Actually, that's what it is. You have Bing Crosby's "White Christmas" that is the top of the heap. Nobody is ever going to be as good as Bing Crosby's "White Christmas." So instead of being that good, they have to be interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I have just in my playlist alone. I have you know everybody from you know Bing Crosby to Brian Setzer to Dean Martin to Elvis Presley to Johnny Mathis to Twisted Sister. Yes, um, and and Billy Idol singing that song. Twi- that Twisted Sister album, A Twisted Christmas, <laughs> uh-huh. that had no right to be as incredible as it is. And it's it's now a standard for me. I mean, it's it's. Pardon me while I take a sip of delicious eggnog to rehydrate myself. There you go. I don't think that's how that works. Um, yeah, Twisted Christmas came out of nowhere and was just awesome and respectful. That was the big thing to me. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the filthy Christmas songs that are quote unquote funny. I need. I don't mind stuff being funny, but I need it to be respectful, and and I don't mean like you know we love Jesus respectful. I just mean not crapping on the holiday. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I get you. I mean, well, for me, like okay, so there's there's multiple versions, or uh, yeah, versions. We'll say they're not really covers because they change everything, but. Mm-hmm of 12 days of Christmas. Right. And to me, 
like like they're all like they're so hilarious. Like we've already mentioned John Denver and the Muppets. That's classic. That's classic take. But it's pretty much you know outside of some fun, it's straight up right. They yeah, don't change yeah. like so. But then you know I grew up with Bob and Doug McKenzie doing Twelve Days of Christmas, and I love hearing that every year. Um, the Bob Rivers Twelve Pains of Christmas. Yes. Is is one of my favorites as well. Hangovers, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hanging up these lights. One goes out, they all go out. The, yeah, the yeah. guy gets progressively angrier as the man. When that came out, well, I don't know when it came out. The first time I heard it, I was in probably middle school, uh, and it was in my. I was in one of the smart kids classes. I can't remember what it was. Probe, maybe. Which is a terrible name for a class for kids. I was gonna but say I don't even know what that is. It was uh, it was the like advanced learning class that I would I would get every single year I would get put into an advanced learning class and then I would get kicked out of it. Uh, but I, it was in the advanced learning class we were able to bring in music and like share you know music and books and whatever else and somebody brought that in and everybody went out and bought it the next day because it was so I think that was the same one that had the Santa Claus. That's the Iron Man. I think you're right. I am Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the same one. And when I see, aside from Santa Claus, because I, I have that from some compilation I bought, I haven't heard anything else on that album in years. And I, I, I want to revisit it, but at the same time, I'm hesitant because I wonder if my sense of humor has changed to the point where I might think it's dumb now. I, I don't know. What the whole album? Yeah, the whole album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I look. I there's a couple of Bob River songs that I do like. The, we've already mentioned those two, but the rest I'm like, yeah, I'm not like, yeah, yeah. To me, there's a yeah, there's a lot of like you know comedy albums that come out around Christmas too, and yeah, I I I, I can't, yeah, I can't. It's a fine, um, it's a fine line that I can't define. Yeah, there's that you know there's some classic bits. Like I said, I, I dig the Bob and Doug McKenzie 12 days. Um, my favorite part is when he's like, you know, uh, we're at, we're day tw- welcome to day 12. Good day, eh? Like, it just, like, it, it just cracks me up. Um, I, I probably haven't seen that since I was a little kid because I haven't seen any SCTV at all. Uh, Cheech and Chong have a uh, Christmas bit that they do, which is, uh, I think, hilarious. Um, but, uh, Weird Al. Weird Al's two christmas songs. weird out yes yes the weird out songs the night, well, the night santa went crazy and party at ground zero no yeah. christmas at ground zero um there's a couple of buck owens tunes uh santa look like daddy um yeah which I, reverend one, horton heat covers on his album it's uh, yeah i could see that 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 i'm, I'm gonna have to check that one dude out. you need to it's great yeah uh, i think you've sold me on that one um, I grew up with the Chipmunk song. Um, it's really, it's it's kind of one of those ones where it's like, I can, okay, I can listen to this one every, once every five years. <laughs> See, I still, uh, and, and granted, having a having a kid is part of it, but uh, I, a few years ago, I got a whole new appreciation for that entire album, that whole Chipmunk's Christmas album. There's just something really sweet about it, but at the same time, really deranged about how abusive David Seville is. Yes. He, yes. He's a monster. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, you're right. <laughs> um, uh, recently, uh, let's see, uh, Will and Nelson, Reverend Horton Heat, those are big ones. Uh, the Elvis album, 
I uh, I am I swear by the Elvis Christmas album. Well, I love that. Elvis is my mom's favorite. Period. I think, yeah, she's right. Uh, he's right up there for my mom too. But I I yeah, I think that's where I got it from. I've I've never really been like I I've always thought Elvis is fun, and I've always had a, a tremendous amount of respect for his legacy and and what he is, and and certainly for his work ethic. Uh. But I, I just never, you know, there's certain Elvis songs like Blue Christmas, obviously. Yep. Uh, his version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town is, yes. is wonderful. But I so have, fun. until this year, I never had one of his, because he's got one major Christmas album that's kind of the one that, that everybody refers to. But yeah. there are several different like collections and, and different yep. things that I got. And I, I bought an Elvis album for the first time. I bought it last year, but it was after Christmas, so I didn't even listen to it. And uh, this year I sat down and I listened to the whole thing. And man, that man was made for Christmas music. Yeah, I mean, it kind of combined his, his, his rock pop with his gospel yes. uh, roots. And it's sort of like this nice like a, a combination because, you know, on the one, yeah, you're right, like on the album, he'll sing like, you know, Blue Christmas, like, which is really poppy or Here Comes Santa Claus, which is really poppy. Um, but then he'll also sing like A Little Town of Bethlehem. He'll sing like uh, If Every Day Was Just Like Christmas, uh, Holly Leaves and Christmas Tree. Like, yeah, he just like he's he's capable of just bouncing back and forth. And it just sounds it's perfect. He He can sound like. The happiest person in the world and the most mournful person in the world. Yeah, they can bring it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and it's amazing. I'm so happy it's there. And another one that I grew up with that for one reason or another I just never bought to add to my collection is the Beach Boys Christmas album. You know, you uh, recently you played that track, Little St. Nick, the original yes. version of it or whatever. That was outstanding. I never heard that before, Dude, but it right? blew my mind. That well, it's a, it, it's an alternate recording that they did. I guess when they were trying to figure out what they wanted the song to sound like. Sure, but in and of itself, it sounds so cool. In and of itself, I know. I, I it blew my mind. And the version I got, um, if you go to uh, if you download music off of Amazon, which is what I do more often than not now. Uh, the Beach Boys Christmas album that's on there has like 22 tracks or something. So it's the 11 tracks from the original Christmas with the Beach Boys or whatever it's called. Uh, and then a bunch of alternate takes and extras and like uh, think spots they did for radio stations and stuff. It's just great. And I think it was like 10 bucks, if that. Wow. And it, it's every single song is so good and there's – there's stuff on there that you can sort of hear traces of pet sounds in it, even though it's they're doing Christmas music like it's original stuff where you can hear them getting a little bit weirder and more experimental like they did later on. It's just tremendous. And, and again, it's one of those things where it's like these are the guys, you know, this is these are the Surf and Safari guys, but man, they're perfect for Christmas music. <laughs> and and I knew that, you know, because I grew up, my da Beach Boys are, are one of my dad's top, I, I would say he'd put them in his top five. Uh, so I listened to a lot of Beach Boys growing up, and I know I heard that Christmas album. But for some reason, as a kid, their Christmas stuff just didn't stick with me. I don't know why. But as an adult, well, aside from Little St. Nick, I mean, that's that's one of the standards, right? Yeah. I mean, that's 
if if you and I'm not talking about personal favorites, but if if people who dig Christmas sat down to make a list of the top thirty Christmas songs, like just as far as notoriety, Little Saint Nick would be on there. I could see that. Um or, or at least if your list is pop oriented at all. Now somebody may make a list that's entirely carols and hymns and it wouldn't make that list. Right. <laughs> uh so yeah, those are two like old albums that for me are recent discoveries. Is there anything that's come to your attention in the past few years that's like a new favorite for you? Um one that uh I I I come back to uh, that I bought recently, I'd say within the last, oh God, probably 10 years. It could be now, but who knows, right? Yeah. Um, but I would say, because like, let's put it this way, I didn't grow up with it. Right, right. Was, uh, is the one by, um, uh, what's it called? Is it him and her? Oh, right? yeah, Zoe Deschanel and yes. whoever. Yes, that's right. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, um, but that's a, that's a really nice, like, uh, little Christmas album. I, I found myself listening to that one, uh, quite a bit, actually. Like, every, every time, like, I forget about it, but then, like, you know, in my, in my playlist, like, it, cause I have it at random, you yeah. know, it'll pop on and I'll be like, oh, that's, that's really nice. That's a nice version of that. Um, so I, I'd say that one, um, uh, pops up. That's, that's uh, what I've, I've got a flash drive that has all of my Christmas music on it. And I I just stick it in the car and put it on random so whatever comes up comes up. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, because yeah, because there's no way and and there's just too much of it to like. I can't I can't take like a complete Billy Idol. Like I can't listen to that start to finish. So, right, right. but if I get a if I get like every couple of days if I get it or you know every couple of hours if a Billy Idol one pops in then that's okay. The one album that I listen to in its entirety every year, and it's usually one of the first ones that I listen to when I start with my Christmas music, is uh, Mojo Nixon and the Toad Lickers' Horny Holidays, which <laughs> sounds like it would not be it would not fit my criteria for entertaining Christmas music. But uh, I bought that the year it came out in 1992, and you know at the time I'm. Gosh, math, you're failing me now. I'm 16 years old, so I'm right in the midst of being rebellious and everything that's that's edgy is cool. And I, for whatever reason, I was just really into Mojo Nixon at the time. And this Christmas album comes out, and I love Christmas, and I love Mojo, and it's one of those things that just hit me like lightning, and I love it from beginning to end. I listen to it every single year, sometimes multiple times. Uh I adore it. I, I love. Is that got? Uh, is that the one with uh, Christmas, Christmas on it? Yes. Yeah, I like that track. Or no, actually, I take it back. No, Christmas, Christmas is not on that. That is, <laughs> that's from a compilation that he because he actually has Christmas songs that are not on Horny Holidays. Uh, Christmas, Christmas is is from a compilation. I can't remember which one it is. Gotcha. Uh, okay. But it, but it's one of the many that came out in like the late eighties, early nineties. But I do have that. I've got that song. Yeah. Uh, and then there are a couple other ones that I've just real quick to hit on that I've, I've discovered this year. And that I'm glad you brought up that him and her or her and him or whatever it is. Cause that's on my list. She and him. Thank she you. and him. She, she and, and him. him. Yes. Thank uh, you. I just found it in my playlist. I'm like, I know I got it somewhere. At, at the beginning of December, I made a list of, okay, 
I, I've I've got all the Christmas music I've got. I know it all very, very well. I need to add some new stuff. And I went and kind of looked at some best of lists online, and that was on there. Uh, I got the Weezer Christmas album, which I love. Okay. Uh, Bad Religion did a Christmas album that is mostly uh, carols and hymns, which is a little weird, but it's great. Uh, even though I don't love Bad Religion as much as I used to, this is – they just seem to be having fun with it. And it's not dirty or ironic or anything. They're just – it's like the, the Twisted Sister album. They're just blasting the heck out of these traditional Christmas songs. Uh, it's really, really good. And let's see. Oh, yeah, one that came out this year, uh, Gwen Stefani's Christmas album. So you've listened to that? I haven't yes. heard anything off that yet. I There are a couple of tracks I could do without. A couple of the originals on there uh, okay. I don't love because they're her typical uh, relationship issues type songs. Oh, I was going to say, is she saying Christmas is bananas? Yeah, well, no. Ugh. Um, <laughs> but... It's it's got a bit of a big band feel on a number of the tracks, and her version nice. of Jingle Bells is currently my favorite version of Jingle Bells. Wow, dude, it is good. And uh, I was gonna say, there's a there's a lot of people who play Jingle Bells. Yes, right now, and granted, there's a little bit of Halo effect involved because I was so excited that it was a good version of Jingle Bells, and it really is peppy and big bandy and pretty kicking. Uh, I really, really like it a lot, but the whole the album is worth getting. Uh, with with maybe two tracks that I could do without, and I think eleven or twelve tracks total. There's there's a lot of good stuff on it. I really enjoyed listening to it, and actually listened to it a couple of times through after I got it uh, before putting it into the random rotation. I because I, her, I, I've always loved her voice. Uh, you know, I don't always love the music she chooses to go along with it. Sure. But she's got a really good voice for Christmas. So this is a this is a new uh, a new yearly standard. This this goes into the rotation. Excellent. I wish uh, you know I was thinking about it, and uh, even though I've got I think a couple of songs that she did because I saw a special that she did a while back, but uh, I you know I really liked uh, uh, I I don't know if she's ever really come out with a full Christmas album, which is Lady Gaga. Because you were talking about people yes. who you like their voice, but you know some of their songs you don't like. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think there's any like if anybody says you can't sing, that's just they're just ignorant. But, oh well, anybody who says that hasn't listened to Joanne. Yeah. Or and or um, her work with Tony Bennett, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, like I don't know if that's available for audio because she did she and he I think not to be confused with she and him um, <laughs> right. did a. Uh, did a uh, Christmas special, I think, a holiday special, her and Tony, and sang a lot of songs and everything. It was really, I think that's what almost made me turn the corner on her, um, because I was like, wow, I was so impressed, but I don't know that they've ever released an audio version of it. I'll have to seek that out, because that was that was pretty solid stuff. Yeah, I, I, w I would love to hear that, and and that's, that's a good call, too, because I, I've, uh, I, I'm not crazy about her, but... They had her last album. I think it's called Joanne. Is that right? Yes. Whatever yes, her I last have, album is, the the one. That's I, a, I, I I will say that I have all her albums. So, it's yeah. it's a little more low key, uh, right? But like Google Music had it for like two dollars or something. And I was like, well, <laughs> shit, for two dollars, I'll check out anything. 
and I downloaded it and listened to it from start to finish. I, I couldn't turn it off uh, because it's just her voice is so good and it's not like there's no junk on that one. Yeah. It, it's just really, really good. All right. Well, we've got to wrap this thing up. Uh, I want to close it out unless is there anything specific that you wanted to bring up that we haven't talked about? Um, no, I can't think of anything. Um, no, I, I mean, we've mentioned most of the pop culture stuff. So, well, then I wanted to close this thing out with each of us sharing a personal Christmas memory, something that, uh, is just a, a big moment from the holidays that you, you remember, you know, every year when this time of year comes around, you look back on fondly. One of those things that you wish, uh, oh, man, I wish Facebook had been around. So I had a little clearer picture of this in my head. <laughs> Uh, wow. And I can start if you need a moment to think. I might, I might need a moment. Uh, mine is and will always be, and I've talked about it before, but I don't know that I've mentioned it specifically on the podcast. Uh, we used to go up to Wilmington, North Carolina to spend Christmas with my mom's parents, uh, my, my granny and papa. And of course, Santa Claus knows where you are. And every year Santa Claus would visit. Well, we were up there. I want to say it had to be, and I've actually, I actually do. Uh, Facebook wasn't around, but cameras were, and I've actually got pictures of it. Uh, I believe it was seventy-eight, but Santa Claus that year visited my granny and papa's house, and I would have been two or three. So maybe this was seventy-nine. I had to be a little bit older. Uh, as a matter of fact, maybe it was right, bef- right after Empire came out. So it could have been 80 because I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I had to be at least four or five years old, but, uh, I got up Christmas morning. I ran out to the front room where the Christmas tree was and underneath the Christmas tree was not in boxes, but the millennium Falcon landing gear down hatch open with a dozen stormtroopers around it. It, it, it was it was uh, after Empire because there were some of the guys, some of the Bespin guards were there as well. Bespin guards, Lando Calrissian, Luke, Leia, Chewbacca, C-3PO, R2-D2, all inside the Falcon. Um, Snowspeeder, X-Wing, like this huge diorama underneath the Christmas tree that had been meticulously set up to look like the pictures that were on the front of the boxes. If you remember the old Kenner Star Wars boxes, uh, you know, they had, they had them set up with the figures standing around or whatever. Yep. Uh, and there's this whole like toy diorama of Star Wars set up that Santa Claus had taken the time. Who knows how long it took him to stand those things up on the carpet in the vehicles and uh, set up this whole like amazing Star Wars thing, and that was that. That is definitely one of my favorite Christmas memories ever. Is walking out and seeing that, uh, you know, not just the fact that it was Star Wars, which which I was you know head over heels in love with at the time, but that it was all out and set up like ready to go. Yeah, it's amazing. And then, that's awesome. Uh, that's the way. That's just like a TV, man. Right. It was. It was like a TV commercial. And then me, me, and my dad and my papa spent the rest of the the morning sitting around playing with Star Wars toys. It was. It was awesome. Wow. 
Um, well, uh, the the one that comes to mind as as being a a, a special um, Christmas memory for me is uh, I believe it was 1981, so around the same time, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, we had traveled uh, as a family. We went to all my all my 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 parents my uh, both my parents uh, originally are from Illinois, and so most of my relatives are in Central Illinois area. So we had traveled. We were going to spend Christmas with uh, my grandma and grandpa as well, and um, uh, with uh, the family. So we flew into Chicago, and uh, a few days before Christmas. Um, and, uh, my aunt, I believe, and my cousin, Bill, uh, who, I don't know if he's ever, has he ever been on the show? No, he has not been. Well, no, wait. Did he sit down with us at Heroes Con once? Did he, has he, he, I think he might have uttered a sentence. Yeah, I think, I think he might (laughs) have a one, one sentence attribution on the Needless (laughs) podcast. So we'll call him a friend of the show. Yes. Um, and, uh, so, but you know him, you've met him, uh, and, and, and hung out with him. Um, seen seen puppetry together. That's right. Um, so, uh, um, uh, so he, yeah. So, yeah, he was in the car uh, when uh, we we got uh, picked up from the airport in Chicago. Uh, drove down from Chicago to uh, Central Illinois, where my grandparents live. So that's a three, four, five. I don't know. So it's, it's it, as a kid, it seemed like an eternity. It seemed like a day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we spent. I had gotten my Christmas gift early from my parents uh, that year, and my Christmas gift was a uh, a, a quote unquote portable uh, Betamax player. Oh wow! Uh, and recorder with a camera. Whoa, that is awesome! Yes, it was huge. Um, like now. If we tried to put that on the plane, it would not make the require like the the, the weight requirements because it was so heavy. Like I say, portable in quotes. Yeah, yeah. But we brought it with us uh, to uh, to take you know video of the Christmas gathering, which we did, and that's a really special uh, moment oh, in and of itself awesome. um, because we show every member of the family opening their gifts and and just their own personalities, and it's that's a really nice thing in and of itself. But uh, uh, of special interest to myself and Bill is, you know, we had this equipment, so we were going to use it to make uh, a movie. And we made it our first movie. We did. We made it. We wrote it. We wrote a script in the back seat or in the yeah, the back of the car on the way from Chicago to uh, central Illinois to uh, Camargo and um, uh, filmed it that weekend, uh, edited it in camera. And uh, put it out there. It was a it was a horror movie, uh, about ten minutes long, I think, something like that. It's called The Legend. Is the first collaboration that we had, and that's where New Legend came comes from. Uh, oh, that's, wow! Uh, yeah, that was the first New Legend joint, so to speak. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, we uh, had a lot of fun. I actually tried to put it on um, YouTube. I think it's still on YouTube. Um, however, it is. A, you know, but I can't say it's up to, you know, um, Star Wars holiday special quality. Oh, gosh. Um, but uh, <laughs> but also it has no sound now because we we used a couple of uh, pieces of music uh, that we did not have the rights to. Yeah, yeah. So there's no music there. Uh, there's no sound at all. They just, the uh, YouTube took out the entire sound. Yeah. But uh, 
it was a very fun experience and 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 really kind of uh like just sparked us from 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 then on actually that uh stuff that we wanted to do so it was a very um big uh christmas for for both of us um and yeah so yeah the the, the <laughs> Uh, and I don't even know. I have the, you know, it's funny because I have the original on beta somewhere here, but uh, my beta has long since. Uh, <laughs> right. Faster. I keep meaning to get a new one just so I can play some of the some of the videos that I have, but uh, I just, yeah, I haven't done it yet. And uh, but yeah, I had, we had a lot of fun with that thing, man. It was oh, it weighed so much. Uh, it, it weighed so much and it, the battery didn't last very long. You could, you had maybe 45 minutes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, whatever. And it was just, yeah, it was, a, it was a pain, but boy, that was, uh, that was, we were, our, we were guerrilla filmmakers, so to speak. That's awesome, man. Well, Mike, I think we've come to the end of the show. So have we, have we burned off enough time? Is <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have filled up enough time for an episode of the Needless Things podcast. Well, I appreciate it. It's good to, good to sit with you, uh, and, and talk about holiday stuff. You know, I mean, throughout all the holidays, you know, the, the stress and everything, the running around and have to be this place and this place and do this and get this gift and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it is kind of nice to just actually like just sit and chill for a while and, uh, and and really, um, you know, take more moments to do that this holiday season because that's really what I think it's more all about than anything. Well, and to just reflect on the stuff that does make it fun. Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. And so, you know, even though, you know, we're talking about movies and, and, and TV shows and, and pop culture stuff, um, I think each one of these in, you know, has a they, – they're special to us because they have personal connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whereas they're not just like, yeah, they're not, they're, they're special to us because of the nostalgia, because of the memories that we have sharing them with others, really. Well, and also with how our relationship with them has changed over the years, like the, the Charlie Brown Christmas special or it's Christmas Charlie Brown, uh, it doesn't mean the same thing to me now as it did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was just entertainment, but yeah. now there's decades of baggage attached to it, you know? <laughs> yeah yeah true <laughs> and watching it and introducing it to new people sometimes watching it with new people um over the years uh and how it's changed that way i mean it's definitely obviously i watch it with michelle a lot differently than i watched it with my family yeah absolutely well mike thank you so much for coming on and uh sharing your memories and your thoughts about this wonderful time of the year and uh, next year is going to be here before we know it. I will not Ooh. make either one of us sing Old Lang Syne or inflict that on the audience. So instead, I will just wish you and yours uh, the merriest of Christmases and the happiest of holidays. Absolutely. Same to you. Merry Christmas, man, and, uh, and happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Mike. I'm almost a little surprised there wasn't singing because I, I was deep into the eggnog. I, my personal preference, uh, I like, I get Publix low-fat eggnog because I, I have sort of tuned myself now to drink the low-fat stuff, even though in my head I know the, the full-on unleaded eggnog is the best. I've kind of just gotten used to the low-fat and uh, some Captain Morgan's rum. Two shots of Captain Morgan's. 
and however much eggnog the glass will hold. That's my special recipe. And I had a couple of those while we were recording. Well, I had one right before because we were finishing up watching The Force Awakens in preparation for tonight's Last Jedi. Which, by the way, I don't know that I've watched The Force Awakens since we started seeing things about The Last Jedi. And I noticed that in the opening crawler, they very specifically refer to Luke Skywalker as The Last Jedi. And even in the dialogue uh, in the movie at one point, it might be Snoke that calls him The Last Jedi. So, it really is a, sort of a title type thing, more so than a this is the end of the Jedi type thing, which suggests to me this movie might be a little bit more about Luke. But I will find out in less than four hours, or I guess maybe a little more than four hours, because maybe you don't really know until the end of the movie. But whatever the case, next week we will have a needless commentary for the version of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope that was chosen on the Needless Things Podcast Facebook page, Facebook group, whatever it is. And the week after that, we will have a roundtable review of The Last Jedi. And is that is that it? Does that round out the year? I don't know. I'm going a little bit long here. I've I've lasted longer than my music, but it's because I, I just want to thank you guys. Uh, this is not the big year-end thanks where I'll get slightly emotional. Uh, but I do just want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, I assume that some of you share the show. Maybe like three of you uh, will share the episode every week, and that's very helpful. Thank you very much. Uh, please do spread the word because next year I am trying to spread myself around a little bit more it's kind of my my last ditch year as far as giving a shit if i get to travel around and do things at other conventions like i'm gonna i'm gonna work hard to be as many places as i can be and if i don't you know catch on or if i don't get opportunities or whatever the case may be then you know i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay where i am and just be happy doing what i'm doing but I don't have it in me anymore to <laughs> to try. <laughs> the uh, the fire, as as our pal Jim Stacy said on an episode uh, a few years ago, uh, the fire is rapidly going out in my belly. I still enjoy doing the podcast, uh, but and and I don't see a time where I won't. But the desire to put a whole lot of effort into pursuing things is is becoming harder and harder to come by because it's just very frustrating and i and i don't it 10 years ago i I would have been raring to go and i would have had all kinds of time and energy to put into to trying to expand things but you know at 41 years old with with everything else i've got going on there's only so much i can give to this uh so anyway i want to thank you the core audience that you know a year from now you guys will be all mad that I'm I'm a big hot shot, and you'll be like, we were there first. All these new people are posers, uh, and and you can look back on this and and remember me thanking you, you guys, the core that stick with me and have been sticking with me for the past four years, whatever, however long I've been doing this, and uh, just know, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vix employee. 
And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.